are listening to The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation hosted by me, Michelle Corey, that breaks down the barriers surrounding art, theater, travel, and more to serve a digestible dose of culture for all. Hi, my dearest loves. Welcome to yet another episode of The Cultured Podcast. We've got quite the tasty treat today. That's right, we got John Carroll here, and he is a poet, but not in the typical sense. He does blackout poetry, and he's a hyper-creative, so we're going to be hearing from him about a whole ton of projects, but we're going to be focusing on the art of blackout poetry. And I'm not even going to tell you what that is, booze, because he's going to tell us himself. But first, what is inspiring me this week? It's literature. Many of you may have looked at my Instagram and seen that I have a big old tattoo on my arm of a hot air balloon. And that is actually my ode to imagination, but specifically to writing and literature. I'm just in awe of how words can lift us to different places. And even blackout poetry like John's, when a hidden message comes to us, And we digest it in the context of our own life's experiences and form this whole world with just a few words or with just a few pages. I'm in awe of how literature can do that. I've been reading old English literature since I was a little girl. I was a huge fan of Shakespeare's works, especially his sonnets. When I was in middle school, I was a weird kid, y'all. But it also opened up whole new worlds for me. It opened up my mind to read about these far off places, people and situations. And that is a pretty cool thing. It's also such a unique human capability, our ability to create stories, to create fictions and to bring them to life as if they were real. It stuns me. So share with me some of your favorite things to read. I want to hear from you. Info at culturedpodcast.com. And you know the drill. Cultured Podcast on all the socials except for Twitter. Cultured Pod. All right, y'all. Without further ado, let's talk to John. Hello, sir. Hi, Michelle. Welcome. How are you? I'm so good. Yeah? Yes. I've got hope. You do? You know why? Why is that? Because I literally physically have your book in front of me, and it's called Hidden Messages of Hope. You should hide it. <laughs> put it in your jacket. Yeah. I'm just going to carry it around in my back pocket and be like, I've got hidden messages of hope. You know, when I when I take that book anywhere, for instance, I was at the restaurant slash bar across the street. I always kind of flip the cover over because I don't want people to be like, is that you? What? I don't. I try to hide things. I'm, you know, I I was actually anonymous the first year that I didn't make blackout poetry. No way. Yeah. It was a test to see. Well, it was more of an experiment to see how people would respond to art if they had no idea who was behind it. Well, that's fascinating. And that is your account on Instagram where you show your poetry, make blackout poetry. So tell us a little bit about blackout poetry first. Sure. So blackout poetry as I like to say, is the art of redaction. Mm. So what you do is you take a block of existing text and then you find your own message in that text and then you get rid of everything else. So for instance, uh, one of the first blackouts that I ever made that really impacted me and encouraged me to keep going forward with it was, it said, uh, life disappears, warn people. So that's four words. But So for instance, that was in four different paragraphs. So in one paragraph, I found the word life. 
second paragraph, I saw disappears, then I saw worn people. Got rid of the rest of it, boom, got your blackout poem. And I made that and it just impacted me because before that, all my blackouts had been really, really dark and that was slightly dark with a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. And that kind of set me on the path of, oh man, I think I'm onto something here. First of all, you make it sound very simple, and I don't think it would feel as simple like if I opened a book and tried to do this, because I feel like I would be overwhelmed by the sheer number of words and like the endless possibilities of creation. So what's the process like for you? You know, it's funny because when you say that, that's I can still relate to that. You sit down, you open up a book, and you're looking at pages, and you're looking at words, and you're going through it. And you're looking for words that speak to you. You're looking for one big word. You know, what is that word for you? And if we were looking at the same page, it might be different words for us. So I look for words like uh, life, hope, love, things along those lines. And when I find those words, then I try to formulate messages around them. So when I did life disappears, you know, I found life and then disappears those were the two big ones for me on that mm. one. And then you're just like, okay, cool. Got my the first part of this thing going. And then warn people. You know, that's almost, it's just too good to be true when you find something like that. So Blackout's really interesting because it's part kind of a word search and then kind of part art project, you know. And you can use a black Sharpie marker. That's where Blackout comes from to get rid of the existing text around your message. Or you can do what I did about a year, year and a half in where I started painting them. Right. And that's kind of, and I actually do both now, but that's what really made it come to life for me because I had done, I had made blackout poetry off and on for about two years before I decided to create the brand Make Blackout Poetry. And it was through painting them that I, I would realize that I was onto something that was Potentially bigger than me, you know, mm -hmm. I, that's what I felt like. I, I thought that, hey, you know, other people should be doing this. Other people should find out about it. So when I created it, I had been uh, working as a marketing consultant for a couple of years. And I thought, hey, it'd be really cool to create a brand name that had a call to action. So actually, when you say the name, you're actually saying the call to action. You're telling people to make blackout poetry. Oh, I love it. I know. That was this saucy mink. Oh man, you know what? I look back on that and I was like, I can't believe I came up with that. <laughs> you know? I'm brilliant. <laughs> no, it's just it's just such a it's a weird name and I and I struggled with it being kind of weird when I first started it, but then I was like, man, you had to do it with a call to action. You had I to do that. I actually love it. Yeah, so it works out really well. So if anybody was ever wondering why the hell I call it that, <laughs> because I wanted other people to do it because when I was making blackout poetry, it brought me a lot of peace and it brought me a lot of understanding. Let me ask you, how does one get into blackout poetry? So I was uh, just looking around on the internet one day and uh, I came across the work of Austin Cleon and he wrote a book called Newspaper Blackout and he's written some other uh, creative business books since then. And I just found some of his work and I was like, that's pretty interesting. And kind of easy to do. And, and I'm a writer, so and I had been working in journalism and written short stories and essays and things like that. And I thought, that, that looks like a fun writing exercise. Had you ever worked in poetry? Never. I am mm, not a poet. You know, that's the funny thing about it. I am... I mean, you are now. I mean, I make blackout poetry, but I don't technically write. So I just found it there and I tried it out and I was horrible at it. It was awful. My Sharpie bled into my words and <laughs> they were really, really long and they didn't make any sense. And I just stuck with it, though. And I just uh, I was going through a pretty difficult time in my life and it was very therapeutic for me. 
So I would just sit there at the kitchen table and uh, just make blackouts. And they were dark, man. And that's when I realized um, later on, I well, after making quite a few of these and then seeing them change to being more hopeful, I realized that it was very much an exercise of the subconscious mind. Yeah. And you were your subconscious was coming out in these words because they were the words that you saw pop off the page. And that's, I had an epiphany with that where I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. This is telling me what the state of affairs are in my mind right now. And uh, so that's been a big encouragement for me and another big reason why I keep doing it because I want to encourage other people to not only practice being creative, but then also taking a look at what's going on within themselves. Listening to their inner voice. Exactly. I mean, that's what meditation helps you do. And so it's like you're finding this moment of Zen and subconscious freedom where you're allowing yourself to speak your inner truth. Exactly. That's a beautiful thing. Definitely. And what's cool about it is you can trick people into it because they don't <laughs> even realize they're doing it. They're like, oh, this is like a fun little art project here. And, you know, and I've done it with children as young as 10 years old to business people at TEDx, you know, because I'll, mm. I'll go into a school about once a year and I've done it at every age. What a fun activity for honestly every age, but especially for school kids, like you said, to tap into that inner self-expression and they may not even know that they're doing it. That's a really cool activity for kids. Definitely. And, and what's encouraging to me is just to see how creative they are. You know, you might think like a a 10-year-old, just a kid, oh my God, some of the stuff they come up with is beautiful. I literally, uh, I was at a school a couple of years ago and I walk around the room and they show me their blackout poems and I read this one and I just looked at the kid and I said, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 10 years old. And I said, my God, this is like better than some of the stuff that I do. You know, oh it was so great. And, um, but it's, it's fun to be able to go into the classrooms. You know, I never thought that I would ever teach anything or be in a classroom ever again after I left school. And so I, it's really humbling, you know, and I consider it an honor to be able to do that and that people trust me enough to let me come in and teach their children the things that I do. How amazing. How long have you been doing blackout poetry now? So I started in the, the winter of 2011 and I launched blackout poetry in April of 2013. So I'm pretty much, uh, April 19th was the, uh, was the first time I ever posted to the account, so April 19th, 2013, so coming up on the five-year anniversary of it. Your five-year blackout anniversary. I know, <laughs> I know, it's exciting. I can't believe it. it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been doing it this long. My, what have you learned about yourself in the process of learning about blackout poetry? Oh goodness, I'm deeper than I thought I was. I'm stubborn. I already knew that, but I think I'm more stubborn because, you know, the the fact that I post onto this account every single day. Those are the two main things, but there's just, there's so much about it. I mean, the ability to be able to connect with people and then to be able to share with people advice or encouragement. I've always been an encouraging person, but through this project, I never realized some of the things that would end up in my inbox. You know, some of the, hey, I'm not doing well right now. Hey, I'm struggling with life. Hey, how can I become more creative? You know, just things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm just like this guy making blackout poetry at his kitchen table. But over the last five years, you know, you learn to settle into that role and you realize that that's, you set that up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, this is what I wanted, whether I realized it or not. And so, you know, you have to step up to the plate and go, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this person for other people. And that's, 
again, that is very humbling as well. It's like, you know, we're all just trying to figure this thing out. So try to give honest feedback and encouragement and hope. Was there uh, an apprehension? Because you have to be vulnerable. I mean, you're you're airing out the most vulnerable side of yourself, which is what our current society might say, right? But really, that's your inner truth, and you're honoring that. But at the beginning of the process, when you were posting these works, was there an apprehension with sharing that side of yourself? No, because I had just gone through about a year-long depression, mm. and love and hope in life and just thinking about messages like that and filling my mind with uh, positive affirmations, that is what got me through. And when you are rock bottom in a depression and you find anything that helps, you don't really care anymore. Mm. You could just care less about anybody's opinion. And I had gone through a very hard depression through t- throughout 2011. And when I came out on the other side of that thing, and I realized that it was love and hope and um, no ego, you know, just being humble and uh, just having faith in the process and the journey of life. I could really care less what anybody thinks about me. It's like, oh, you know, he's talking about love and hope and that's all he's all weak or whatever they might say. But, you know, a man or a person that can admit that love is the way that's the toughest thing there is, mm. you know, like I, so I don't worry about being macho because, you know, being macho is the ego. It's also know? an illusion. Yeah. It is. It's all, it's all fake. And when I realized that love was the answer and that being positive was the answer and creating community and loving other people and spreading hope, man, that was it for me. That's beautiful. Thanks. I just kind of flipped to a random page in your book. Sure. And already a beautiful example of how you are a poet came up. Forgiveness is the decision to let go of judgment. And this is titled Imperative Absolution. That is incredibly beautiful. And to think about combing through these words and finding that message within so so many words, which is almost like the polar opposite of a blank slate or a blank canvas, to me is uh, incredible. It's admirable. So why don't you see yourself as a poet? Because I don't write it. You know, mm. I mean, it's definitely, you know, you asked me earlier, what has blackout poetry taught me? But it is that element of like, oh, my God, I'm so much more profound if I just have the words in front of me and I can just rearrange them, you know. And, you know, what's fun about that is those are all they all go down the page. That's typically the how I do it. I've done ones where I go all over the page, but yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm a fiction writer for the most part, and this is just a writing exercise. So it's always kind of funny to me. I, when this book came out with, uh, on Eyewear Press's label out of London, England, I actually went over to England uh, back in September to release the book with them, which was amazing. And they're just wonderful people. I did a reading with like eight other poets and I was sitting there and I was like, I can't read blackouts from a stage. They're like five words long. So now I, I wrote a, uh, a kind of an essay style piece that described my journey of blackout poetry. And it was well received, but it was a funny situation where I was like, these people are all reading poetry and I'm going to get up there and read an essay because I would just feel funny reading five, you know, five word poems to people. Which is funny because this poem I just read is a few more words than that. But for instance, here's another one. Enlighten me whenever possible. Got it down to four on that one. Hey! Yeah. And this one's called In the Dark, which I love. 
and it's like spotted. It almost looks like like a Dalmatian print. But just that enlightened me whenever possible. I just love it so much. Your work really reaches inside of me. And it's interesting because it brings up the point of what does it entail? What do you mean by I've written it versus I haven't written it? Because the words exist, but you pick and choose where they go and in what arrangement. And there is a next to infinite way of doing that. So in my mind, you've written it, just not physically. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird thing to talk about. It's a it's a funny thing to be known for. But I've thought about it over the years. And I'm like, well, hey, if this is the worst thing I could be known for, then good. Yeah, it's because amazing. Because it, it's it's really. Um, Make Blackout Poetry and, and the book Hidden Messages of Hope. Um, it's the best of me. You know, it's my higher self. It is it is who I want to be all the time. And these poems, I write them for me. You know, they're reflections to myself, and I share them with other people so that hopefully they can be inspired by the words or even inspired to create their own. And, you know, we can all create our own hidden messages of hope that can inspire ourselves. And it's it is a cool thing to look back on all the all these blackouts I've made over the years and go, wow, I wrote that or Mm -hmm. wow, I made that, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, Hidden Messages of Hope is thick. I mean, it's 110 pages. Yeah, I think there's 85 blackouts in that. And then uh, and I wrote so there's eight to nine chapters and each chapter is a theme. So it's. The themes of um, life, love, death, uh, creativity. And so I write, I wrote an essay for each chapter, and then it's uh, the essay is supported by 10 to 15 blackouts for each one. What was the process of publishing? This was your first book of blackout poetry. So what was that process like? Well, that book in your hands is actually a reissue of the first book. So um, I actually independently released the first one with uh, Dear Bear Wolf Press um, and Matt DeBenedictus. Um, he ran the press at that time, and he's a close friend of mine. Um, he had released my first chapbook, which is a small book of short stories, you know, and it's very DIY, very indie. It's almost like a zine. And uh, but it was fun. You know, we sat down and uh, went through about a thousand blackouts and we picked out 85 of them. You have thousands of blackouts. Oh, I've got uh, I probably I probably got about 2000 of them now. What? I know it's insane. That's beautiful. Well, before the uh, when I first started the account, every single day was my own work. And so I challenged myself to make a blackout every single day for a year. That's how it started. It was also. It was an experiment on a lot of different fronts, but that was one of them. Could I do this? Could I challenge myself to be creative every single day? And I did it. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I turned the Instagram account uh, more into a community account because I was encouraging other people to make their own blackouts. So now if anyone posts a piece of blackout poetry to the to Instagram and they use the hashtag make blackout poetry, you were automatically entered into uh, potentially being reposted. So I post uh, someone else's work on my account about four days a week, and then I post my own work about three days a week. So, which also helped me because I had to cut down. I mean, every single day is a lot, and I did it for a couple of years. Wow. So, yeah, but anyway, um, we picked out 85. Um, I wrote the essays. You know, we have a really great designer and a guy named Brian Manley, who is also local. We just worked it all out. You know, hey, here are the chapters. Here are the, the blackouts that go along with them. And, you know, the picking and choosing was... That's a little hard because there's ones that you love, but they just don't fit. So you just got to cut them. You know, got to kill those darlings. (laughs) 
that's really hard. Yeah. So did Eyewear Press approach you then to republish or how did that process go? Because this is this is a stunning book. Thank you. I mean, you. the cover um, and everything. Yeah. So uh, actually, the cover was um, designed by Ray Geyer or Squishy Puss. Really? As, yeah. I've actually I've written two books and he's uh, he's designed the cover for both of them. He's your BFF. He's my BFF. So and he's also our BFF from episode eight of the Cultured Podcast. You all need to go back and listen to that episode because I listened to it before I got on the show and it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, they uh, Eyewear Press hit me up uh, at the beginning of 2017 and they wanted to put out a book. And I said, hey, I just released this book in August of 2016. Would you want to maybe reissue it? And we changed the format because the original book wasn't square like the one that's in your hands. And uh, we made a square version, which I which we wanted because it fits more like Instagram because my art is made for Instagram. So, yeah, I put that out in September of 2017. And then I actually have another book coming out later this year with Abrams Books out of uh, New York. And it's cool because the book is actually called Make Blackout Poetry. But what's neat about it is, is it's actually a blackout poetry journal. And you could buy a copy of it, and then you can make your own blackout poetry with the uh, the pages that they put in there. And what's cool is they used a bunch of um, public domain pages. And so it's stuff like The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland and things along those Moby lines. Moby Dick. There might be some Moby Dick in there. If it's, if it's public domain, they probably grabbed a piece of it. And that comes out in September of this year, and uh, they're really wonderful people. I just – I get lucky, man. I don't know. I work with the greatest people. I mean, John, that is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow. So who are some of the blackout poetry artists that you look up to or that inspire you? Well, you know, the, the original blackout poetry artist that I know of was a guy named Tom Phillips. And he's, uh, he's British. And he put out a book called The Hummament, um, the year that I was born in 1981. And he took wow. an old Victorian novel and he took all the pages out of it. And then he painted them all with, uh, you know, with his own little uh, text in there. But his was interesting because he he painted it to be a novel. So you read the thing from start to finish and it's a book. No. And um, the I believe one of the main characters name is Togar. And he had to use he had to have the word together uh, on the page to be able to to reference the character's name. Stop it! Yeah, so this book's in its like sixth or seventh edition, and uh, so you know he was the first one that I think he was the first of all time. And then I saw Austin Cleon, and then I saw some random work online that wasn't accredited to anybody. And then I thought, well, hey, I want to try this. And then I. The more I looked, the more I really couldn't find much. So hmm. I thought, hey, wouldn't this be cool if I just push this thing back out? Because Austin Cleon, he had moved on and doing some business books. And, his, and he still has blackouts, but I feel like he got more focused on writing, which I bet there's more money in that than just making blackout poetry. Because, you know, blackout poetry ain't paying the rent, you know. <laughs> I mean, I love it and I'll do it forever. But it's just one of those things where yeah. it's like, you know, that's... It's not it's, supplementary. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, th- those were really the only two. And then I started just making my own. And then I, uh, I'm not a painter, but I paint. So I just thought, hey, I'll just do abstract painting. So I just started making it up. And it was fun because I've taught myself how to paint over the last five years. And it's always abstract, but um, hey, 
That's fine. You know? It is funny the labels we put on ourselves, though. Like, I'm not a painter. I'm not a poet. I am a writer. I am a this. Yeah. I find myself doing that, too, where I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not a painter, but I have painted several paintings. And it's like, yeah, we just do what we want to do. Yeah. I just, Let's not put ourselves into buckets like that, you know? I'm a, I'm a creative person. Right. You know, I just like Clearly. to. I like to make things. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you told me I had, to, I had to write a song tomorrow and I had to figure out how to play it on guitar, I'd probably figure it out, even though I don't know how to play guitar. I'd make up something different, you know, and it's, uh, but, you know, I think being creative or being an artist or whatever it is, is um, I think you have to just get over fear and just not caring because you just want to make something, you know, and that's, and I think a lot of people out there have a lot of fear, a lot of self-doubt and they care. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, people don't really think about you as much as you think they do. 100%. 100%. You know, it's um, one of my favorite writers. Uh, his name is Hugh McLeod, and he writes uh, creative business books. He has a chapter in his book, and it says, uh, it's, uh, it says, nobody cares, population, everybody. <laughs> and it's on a, a little, like, town sign on the highway. You know, and <laughs> this guy's great. He does, uh, he draws little cartoons on the back of business cards. And uh, Hugh McLeod, he wrote a really amazing book, which I tell everybody to check out. It's called Ignore Everybody mm. and 39 Keys to Creativity. I'm going to check that out. Man, it is so good. Everybody should have a copy of it. So a big question for me. Sure. Do you have certain go-to books or styles of books that you know you're going to find the most inspiration in? Like, is there a methodical way that you approach which books to pick up for it? 100%. Because of the kind of words that I want to use... I have to go to kind of like these almost like self-help spiritual books. And um, one of my favorite books is a book uh, called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And I read the book probably about four years ago. And my mother had harped on me for like a decade to read this thing. And then finally someone else recommended it to me. I checked it out. And I really laughed for about the first four chapters because it was everything that I had been going through for the last 10 years that my mom had been telling me to read this book, you know, for. Moms are always right. My mother especially. She's amazing. I, I love my mom. Hi, mom. Anyway, that book's amazing. I've actually, I read it and then I blacked it out and then I bought it again and blacked it out again. <laughs> and then I thought, I can't make any more blackout poetry out of this book. So, but yeah, anything that's um, spiritual in nature and that's more like essay based and that have the big words, you know, love, hope, life, Mm. you know, that's what I look for. It is interesting that, I mean, I would think you'd have to be really methodical about which books you choose, especially with the style of wording that, that you use. So that's fascinating to me. Do you feel like you have found more blackout poetry artists now, especially with Instagram, which gives you an interesting platform. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, there's a blackout poetry community now. That, and you can just if you just hop on the make blackout poetry hashtag, there's just people making them all the time. And, you know, that started from scratch for me. I'm not sure if they found me um, in terms of they were already making it and they found me, which I know some of them were. And then I think some of the other people, they had never seen it before and they discovered it through me, which is weird to say. You know, it's weird to, you know, you can get kind of cocky about that. But I, I, I take it in a humble way. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like I was doing something and people found this and they were so inspired by by the work and by the art form that they wanted to take it up. but Well, and you're literally encouraging people to take it up with the call to action. Exactly. And I want them to. And there's, you know, it's what's really fun is um, people will put some 
uh, there's a lot of other people putting out blackout poetry books now and I'll just be like, hey, this is amazing. Great job. And they're like, yeah, I wouldn't have made this if I hadn't found your stuff. And that's just, you're just like, oh my God, that's that's, that's crazy to understand wow. that. But there is, uh, there's a lot of blackout poetry artists out there on Instagram. You know, if you search the hashtag, just blackout poetry, you'll find a lot. And then, and then my hashtag has got a lot of them on there as well. And there's all kinds of books coming out now. People are just making all these books and there are there are plenty of blackout poetry uh, artists in my community that are just better than me. They're better <laughs> than me at it. I mean, I'm like, hey, this is awesome. And and it's kind of funny when you realize that and, you know, your ego wants to rear up and go, uh-huh. oh, this is my thing. But that's not why I do this. Yeah. I did this for community and I did this for love and I did this for hope. And honestly, it just makes me happy and proud to see that people are out there creating things and it's bringing them joy and it's bringing them success and so I just couldn't even remotely be jealous of that Mm -hmm. it's just like congratulations you know so well and jealousy is useless yeah it's so dumb (laughs) ego is just so ridiculous and it's and it's honestly it's the opposite of what make blackout poetry represents exactly so you know more than anything it just fills my heart with love and uh, and a desire to keep going. Well, you have done that for us today by being on the show. Filled us with love, with inspiration. I want to try blackout poetry now. So thank you for that. Of course, every guest who comes on the show, I'm like, I'm going to try your art form now. I'm going to have to do some kind of video series off of that. You should. (laughs) I just like try everybody's art form. It'll also show how difficult (laughs) what everybody does is. I think mine is probably the easiest. Well, I actually do write poetry, and I'm a writer since I was born, basically, you know, in the womb with a pencil. Yeah. My poor mom. But, yeah, so that is the closest to my given art form. But anyway... Thank you for being here. I had so much fun talking to you, and I am I know that you inspired the Cultured Crew. Thanks so much for having me. Your consciousness awaking is irreversible. Um, couldn't have said it better myself, babes. That is another poem out of Hidden Messages of Hope by John Carroll. I feel so fortunate that we were able to hear his perspective and learn about blackout poetry. How cool is that art form? And I don't care what he says. He is a poet to me. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to find John Carroll, you can find him at Make Blackout Poetry on Instagram. And of course, you can go to MakeBlackoutPoetry.com where you can buy Hidden Messages of Hope and his upcoming book, Make Blackout Poetry. I like how easy he keeps it. You know what I'm saying? All right, babes. Until next time, keep it classy. Keep it curious. Keep it cultured. I'm Michelle Corey. Sean Powers is our producer. Dante Hodge is our engineer. Ina Garkusha is our editor. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Listen Up Podcasts, made with love in Atlanta. You can listen to Cultured on culturedpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you.